Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, this is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Saturday, November the 11th, and I want to say Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. If you happen to have a veteran in your family, like we did with our number three son, uh, you know, celebrate this day. Put his picture on Facebook, like I did with my my son. This is what you do on Veterans Day. You remember the men and women uh who serve the country whether in your family or friends or school or whatever you remember them you remember them on this day so do that remember veterans uh on veterans day i have a post uh over at the american thinker today talking about another veteran frank borman uh who passed away a couple of days ago frank borman was on the apollo 8 mission that went around the moon back uh, in 1968. They were the first uh, crew to go around the moon. I think they went around the moon 10 times. And, you know, what happens when you go around the moon is that you go into that dark side of the moon where there's no contact with, uh, with Earth. And uh, on December 24th, 1968, the crew of Apollo 8 read from the book of Genesis back to Earth. And it was really a very moving experience. I remember listening to it in the car uh, with my parents. And it was just an absolutely moving experience uh, to have that opportunity to listen to three men up in space uh, reading from the book of Genesis. And in that uh, broadcast, Frank Borman finished by saying, Merry Christmas, good night, and to the good people uh, in the good earth, Merry Christmas, good night. It was a very, very nice touch from the three men of Apollo 8. Now, the three men were William Anders. I'm not sure what happened to him. I don't know much about his story. But James Lovell, of course, went on to to Apollo 13. If you watch that movie, Apollo 13, uh, Tom Hanks plays uh, Lovell in that movie. And then Frank Borman became president of Eastern Airlines. And if you remember television in the 70s and 80s, you remember Frank Borman doing all, all those commercials for... Uh, for uh, for Eastern Airlines. So Frank Borman passed away yesterday, age 95. He was a veteran, served in the U.S. Navy, and of course one of the great astronauts of uh, of, of the space uh, of the space program. So rest in peace, Mr. Borman. And if you have a chance, if you have a chance, you can go to YouTube and listen to that broadcast. It's available for free, and you can listen to that amazing broadcast of Apollo 8 on December. 24th, 1968, when they read from the book of Genesis, back to the good people of the earth, as they uh, as they said. Well, today we're going to go back and remember some interviews from the last week. Uh, we will have uh, our friend Bill Katz. We're going to talk with Bill about presidential elections that happened uh, this week, back then. We're going to talk to our friend Dave Michaels, 
who will share his thoughts about the Cowboys and the and the Eagles, a very tough game that the Cowboys lost uh, on Sunday, last Sunday. And then we'll talk to our friend George Rodriguez about the World Series. George is actually an Astros fan, but he appreciates the beauty of having a World Series here in the Texas area. So we'll have those three for you today as uh, we remember the presidential elections, we remember the Cowboys, and then we remember the Astros and the Rangers. And we're going to do that right after this. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on, way- on Monday, November the 6th. We like to do on Mondays. We'll be chatting with our friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. There's a lot on our plates, so let me say hello to Bill. Bill, welcome. Welcome to the World Series Week. Uh, well, there? thank you. Thank you. I, I, I like that term, World Series. We used to know <laughs> something about it in New York. I don't know if they, the, the young kids know the definition, but, but we used to have a World Series, ISIS. Sometimes two teams in the same city, known as the Subway Series. Yes, that must have been so much fun. Uh, I've seen videos of those uh, moments, and they were so much, so much fun. But this is also, Bill. Uh, before we get to all the current events, this is also uh, a week where we remember Election Day or Presidential Election Days of of the past. And I thought maybe if you could share with us a couple of the election days that you remember, and I'll mention a couple of mine. So why don't you go first, a couple of elections that uh, you remember over the years? Well, I think that, you know, during my years that I was old enough to know what an election was, and uh, probably the most memorable was the 1980 election where Ronald Reagan was elected. And there really was a sense on our side, and I didn't know it was my side. I had never voted for a Republican before. I was brought up in the Democratic Party. You did not know what the word Republican was. But I went to the polls that year and with some reluctance pushed the Republican lever and voted for the first time in my life for a Republican, Ronald Reagan. And on election night, I really do think that many of us felt the country had been saved because it was spiraling downward under Jimmy Carter. Carter was, was no president. He didn't know how to lead. And there was a feeling that conditions in the country were getting worse, that mm-hmm. the national morale was getting worse, which is a very critical thing in a democracy, and that here was a man who had been ridiculed by much of the press as a warmed-over movie actor, but had, who had actually been a two-term governor of the nation's largest state, elected president, uh, using the words that we like to hear. And I do think it was one of those uh, elections where you could say history really was made. He wasn't right. just another guy who got elected. Right. That, was, that was a memorable election. And then, of course, the iconic election of 1960, in which I participated as an intern for a U.S. senator, Paul Douglas, in Illinois. So I was uh, really involved in that election and involved in the 
Kennedy campaign, Kennedy being our presidential candidate, we traveled with him. Uh, I did not know him, uh, but we traveled with him. Uh, his presence was always felt. And the election night of, of that campaign was possibly the single most memorable because in the middle of the night, the Chicago uh, Sun-Times came out with a headline saying, it's Kennedy. An hour later, they came out with another headline saying, is it Kennedy? And we began to realize the election really wasn't over as we thought it was, that in fact, our state was the key state. And I will tell you, based on my own personal observations that night, that the only question being asked at the various Democratic headquarters around Chicago was, well, how many votes does the mayor need? That was the mayor, Richard Daley. Uh, That was the Mayor Daley, and it was understood that elections didn't end until he said they were over, and that uh, in an election this close, there was plenty going on that was not supposed to be going on. I would have to add, though, on both sides, downstate, the key city was Pekin, P-E-T-K-I-N, which was the home city of Everett Dirksen, the Senate minority leader, and there they still used paper ballots. This is, uh, they didn't use voting machines. Paper ballots are very, very easily uh, tampered with. That's where the term stuffing the ballot box came from. Uh, And we really did not know. And to this day, I'm not so sure people know who really was elected uh, president of the United States that that night. The election was given to Nixon based on the, I'm sorry, to Kennedy, based on the votes that were counted. Um, there were calls on the Republican side for Nixon to contest the election. And he said at the time he didn't want to put the country through that. And he didn't do it. Uh, And uh, Kennedy was accepted as president. But I think still with many, many people even today wondering what the actual result was. Right. Yeah. I think other historians that I've read have said the same thing, that nobody really knows who won that one. That was almost... But there was a joke that I heard one time. Well, not a joke, but a story that Kennedy uh, saw, you know, Nixon later. And Nixon said, well, how did you win Illinois? And Kennedy said, how did you win Ohio? Apparently there were some some concerns in Ohio, too. You're talking about an election, Bill. You go back and you look at the numbers. 114,000 votes (laughs) out of 76 million. I mean, that's almost a tie. Yes. If not a tie. So, I mean, I think the final number was like 47.92 and the other one was 47.90. I mean, it was incredibly, incredibly close. Well, the two that I that stand out in my mind was Reagan in 1980, because I, I agree with you. I think I felt that he saved the country. I really did. I, I think the, even though Jimmy Carter was not, I don't think he was as bad as as Biden, honestly. I think Biden concerns me more. But nevertheless, I feel the whole, everybody felt a lot better after that election. And I remember being in an automobile in in the north of Mexico on a business trip, hearing the moment that he became president when he was sworn in. And just everybody in the car was so relieved that Reagan was in the Yes. In the White House. So that 1980, I agree with you. That, and also the other thing about that election bill that I remember is the weekend before the election, everybody thought it would be close and it wasn't even close. It turned no. out to be a huge landslide. The other one of interest uh, to me was 2000. And that's because uh, our governor Bush was running for election that year. And everybody around here was pretty excited about that. 
and uh, no one knew that we would be, you know, waiting 30 days or whatever it was. But that night was very exciting because at one point they declared him the winner. And uh, and I guess at one point and, there, you know, there were several local stories around here about the governor made president. So I thought that was kind of interesting uh, for me, at least that uh, particular election. But there's so many others. Lincoln, FDR, four times. I mean, there's a lot of elections that happen uh, this week, anniversaries. And I always enjoy going back and reading about them, Bill. Yes, I, I, I'm glad you brought up the uh, Roosevelt uh, four-time election. That was a very interesting election, the election of 1944, because we were in the middle of World War II. We were winning on all fronts. He was, uh, FDR was the commander-in-chief of uh, the most successful army in history. And yet, on election day, it was still considered controversial that any man could be elected four times. The third one, the third election in 1940, was even more historic because no one had ever been elected more than twice. He, so he, he, he survived the third election in 40. In 44, it was simply assumed he would win by a landslide because he was the commanding officer in, in the largest war in human history. The fact is he won against Thomas E. Dewey in New York, who was the candidate who could uh, cure sleep problems on any person who was listening. He just listened and you fell asleep. But he actually, Roosevelt, actually won by about six points. It was not a, a landslide election. By that time, even though it was wartime, people were getting a bit tired uh, of him. And um, uh, the election was one of those routine elections. It was held. He was declared the winner. He was inaugurated. And, of course, three months later, he was dead. Right. And Harry, And the other aspect of that election that was so fascinating is that the Democratic Party decapitated its vice president, Henry Wallace, and replaced him on the ticket with Harry Truman, uh, knowing that Roosevelt was very sick, was not announced publicly. It wasn't in those days. But knowing that whoever was vice president would become president, and the prediction was correct, and Truman became president. Right. No, that was uh, uh, fascinating. Four times. Yes. And then after that, I guess they put the amendments in the Constitution, right? Yeah. That, that it could only be it could only be two times. Well, some memories, memories of uh, presidential election days past. Well, let's come to the present because there's a lot of. friend uh, Bill Katz talking about presidential elections. Uh, you can hear with any of these uh, partial uh, replays that we do on Saturday, you can always hear the entire interview by going to the archives because we have the entire interview there. Well, later we spoke with our friend George Rodriguez and we spoke with him a little bit about uh, the Rangers and the Astros and the possibility of baseball, another baseball team uh, moving to Texas. So here's our friend uh, George Rodriguez. 
Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, November the 9th. And we're going to talk a little Texas today. So let me say hello to our good friend, George Rodriguez. How are you, George? Real good, real good. Go Rangers. Yes, congratulations to the Rangers. That was a great run. Um, you know, I, I know they had to beat the Rangers, I mean, the, the, the Astros, to get to the World Series. But as we said about a month ago, as long as a team from Texas was in the World Series, we'd be okay. And I really do believe that the actual uh, World Series was the Rangers and the Astros because the Rangers just ran over uh, the uh, the Diamondbacks. So I've lost you again. Yeah, I was just saying, sorry about that. I was just saying that the Rangers-Astros was the best series. That was it. Uh, yeah. Of all the postseason. That was the most competitive series. Seven games, very competitive. And I thought it was a great series overall. Glad to see the Rangers win, but, you know, hey. you, you guys have won so many times. I mean, hey. come on, give us a break. Exactly. Yeah. Keep it in Any, the family, though. Keep it in yeah, the family. That's right. That's right. One of these days, and, and we don't have a lot of time today, but one of these days I want to pursue with you the possibility of moving one of the major league teams to San Antonio because the Oakland A's are having a lot of problems in Oakland. They want to get the heck out like everybody else out of <laughs> Oakland. And there's yeah. talk of them going to Vegas, but I think San Antonio would be a better choice uh, for them. I mean, we, we can talk about that some other time, but I, I just think that that would be, it would be a good move, a smart move, for a baseball team, you know, to move to San Antonio. And you have that triangle, Houston, San Antonio, uh, you know, Dallas, like you do in, in the NBA. That that would be a good move, I think. I think it would be very good. <laughs> I think so. So hopefully they'll they'll move the Oakland A's to San Antonio. I, how close is San Antonio to having a Major League Baseball stadium? Um, I think it's the issue has always been uh, the proximity to Houston and the uh, amount of uh, draw that they're the the economic influence of the Astros in San Antonio um, that has always the Chamber of Commerce has always fought that and I think that at this point uh, San Antonio the San Antonio Austin Metroplex has grown very very uh, much and I think it's a very very uh, realistic uh, Situation. Well, having just having just been to Austin this last weekend for a wedding, I can tell you, you're exactly right about all that growth. Oh, and tremendous. How about instead of the San Antonio team, how just the Central Texas team? Yeah. So that it would be Austin, San Antonio, that, Round Rock. That would be. I guarantee that the small that that either New Braunfels or San Marcos would really go for that. Hayes County or Cabal County would like. Yeah. That. So anyway, it's something to think about because I don't think we're that far from it. Nope. You know, I think in the next three to five years, this will happen. It, it will happen. Uh, there will be a major league team there. But let me let me begin with a huge story. This just broke in the last 30 minutes, and we're recording this about 3 o'clock uh, on Thursday. So about 2 or 2.30 this afternoon, Senator Joe Manchin said that he was not seeking re-election. And that's not a shock because he was going to lose. I mean, that's a, a reality there. But it, the other part of the statement that he made left a lot of people wondering if he's running for president because he is, gave the impression, at least to me, 
that he may be running as an independent. So first of all, did you did you hear about uh, Senator Manchin? I heard that he was not going to run anymore, that he yeah. made the announcement. Right. Um, and uh, it doesn't really surprise me. <clears throat> the um, I mean, I think that he has lost a lot of support uh, from Democrats uh, in general. Uh, let's remember that uh, West Virginia is a very small, uh, a very small state population wise. And its economy is very, very dependent on the on the petroleum industry, on coal. Uh, it has. Uh, I used to be the uh, HUD director in, in for the state of West Virginia uh, for uh, five years, and let me tell you, it um, it loses uh, most of its young people, and uh, it, uh, it it is a state that really, really needs a lot of attention. So when you've got a uh, a state, uh, a, a federal senator like Joe Manchin, that um, is being pressured by the National Party, uh, he is going to, you know, he is going to have to react to them. Unfortunately, you've got the situation in uh, for him in West Virginia, where he was a, a uh, conservative Democrat, a moderate Democrat. And uh, that is an, an, an extinct breed now. Right. Right. And uh, so he, um, he, he was very much at the mercy, or he has right. been at the mercy of the party, and uh, nowhere to go. And, right. uh, you know, the Republicans have been after him to change parties, but he hasn't wanted to do that. Right. Well, I think it's probably easier to find a dinosaur in West yeah. Virginia than a moderate Democrat other than yeah. Manchin. I mean, Manchin... Um, well, it'll be interesting to see. Let me tell you, Silvio. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Quayar, that's right. in our backyard right here in San Antonio. Yeah. That's right. And and he's, you know, I'm sure that the Republicans are courting him too, because he he has a a you know he he's he's an interesting interesting representative, very conservative as well. Now, one thing about Manchin, I was watching his little speech. Very nice speech that he gave, thanking the people of West Virginia and talking about his family and all of that. It was very nice. But then at the end, he said he wanted to travel the country now and see what people had to say. That sounded to me like he may be running for president. And it occurred to me, just a crazy thought. You know, we we all have crazy thoughts from time to time. But uh, what about a Trump mansion ticket uh, in 2024? I know it sounds crazy. Nobody's going to believe it. But that would be a real, uh, I think that would be a, a really interesting ticket. They're not that far ideologically, and Trump could present it as a union ticket or as a unity ticket. I, I think that might work, uh, George. Well, personality-wise, I think that they, it would work, uh, definitely. Manchin is much more of a team player. He is very, very reserved. He is not bombastic. Uh, and uh, I, you know, he could very much play the role of a vice president. Uh, to um, to uh, Trump, so in that aspect of it, I think it would it would uh, it would work. He's also very middle of the road, and I think that he's going to he would have uh, a lot more in common with uh, Trump than uh, the hardline Republicans. Right. He's also having been in the Senate. You know, the Vice President is the President of the Senate, of the, Senate. He's the, the operating officer of the Senate. So he would be. Very, very, very ideal. Well, well prepared for it. Yeah, that's right. He knows the procedure. So that would be so anyway, I just throw that out there. 
probably not going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does, because stranger things have happened uh, in, in, in politics. Well, let's get... That was our friend George Rodriguez uh, talking a little bit about the Rangers. And also uh, we talked a little bit about Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who is not running for re-election. Again, not a shock. But what he does next is going to be very interesting. Well, we're going to close today with a conversation we have with our friend Dave Michaels. And we talked a little sports. Uh, we talked about the Cowboys and the Eagles last Sunday. Very interesting game. If you were watching that game, you'll probably agree with me that the Eagles wanted to lose the game, but the Cowboys just couldn't close uh, couldn't close the deal. And that's a big game because it puts uh, the Eagles now two games ahead of the ahead of the Cowboys. So here's our friend uh, Dave Michaels talking a little sports. Hi everybody, this is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, November the fifth. And today our commentary is about the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, with our good friend uh, Dave Michaels. How are you, Dave? Welcome again. It's always great to see you. It's always good to be. Uh, it's always been. It's great to be uh, a part of this, and it's always good to see you. Um, I miss the days we used to work together on an everyday basis. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, that was. You know, we, we that we had coffee together. Remember that? I used to. We had coffee <laughs> together. We, uh, which was kind of nice. about the day's events and. Uh, Yes, that was a lot of fun. I remember that. I remember that quite well. We had a lot of fun together, and I I miss that. So maybe we can replace a little bit of that with this. Uh, Maybe. Not completely, but but a little bit. But I got to begin. I mean, you and I just watched uh, the Cowboys lose a pretty dramatic game, I would think, especially a game with the Eagles. I, I don't know if you agree with me, but it seemed like the Eagles wanted to give the game away for the last two or three minutes, and it just didn't happen. Uh, So... It I don't know about it, giving it away, but yeah. man, the mistakes. I, right. I I don't want to be a fly on that locker room. I'll tell you that. That's I'm I'm going to learn new words in the English language and maybe another right. language. But no, the the Eagles three penalties. Okay, pass interference. Yes. Which moved the ball. Uh, the Cowboys get the ball with literally 48 seconds left on the clock. They throw a a long pass left sideline. And they're called uh, Eagles are called for pass interference. Move the ball up to the 50. So you're at the 50 yard line. Next play, you throw the ball and it's incomplete, but your quarterback's been hit. So now it's personal foul roughing the passer. Right. Move the ball into the red zone. Now you got uh, encroachment. Move the ball five more five more yards up. So now you're first and five from the Eagles six. And you got over 30 seconds left on the on the clock. Then Cowboys get called for um, delay of game at the very no, end. No, they got there. called for uh, illegal procedure. 
Okay, that's true. You move the ball true. back five yards, so now you're back to first and 10 at the 11. Then you get a quarterback sack. Right. Then you get a delay of game. And then you throw uh, – and then, and then you get um, – with literally five seconds left on the clock, we had eight seconds left on the clock. You throw a, an incomplete pass. Come back, reset, throw another pass. It's caught at the six-yard line, and he's tackled and ends the game. So, no, that was a you know was an exciting finish. Yes, it was. That, those last five or six minutes were very exciting. I thought the game was over when they couldn't, you know, when when the, when they couldn't get that extra point. I thought the game was over at that point, but you know they had a chance to come back and they almost pulled it off. But the bottom line, though is that they're 5-3, and the Eagles are 8-1. So that's, what, two and a half games? That's in, You know, two and a half games in baseball is nothing, but two and a half games in the NFL is that's probably the elimination of the Cowboys winning the East. That's pretty close. But it does not eliminate them from being a wild card. No, of course not. Of course, they so can always be the wild card. If you can but, still get into the postseason. I mean, winning the East would be great. Mm-hmm. Just get in the postseason. Just, you know, right. take your stake. And a good example of that, if, if Jerry Jones would like to rip a page, here's a segue for you, Celio. If, if Jerry Jones would like to rip a page from the Rangers, you go into the wild card and you win the whole thing. So. Right. Yeah, win all the road games. That's, that's it. Right. That's, right. that's the thing. Exactly. But- NFL, but uh, nevertheless, uh, that was our conversation with our friend Dave Michaels, uh, talking about the the Eagles and uh, the Cowboys last Sunday. The Cowboys have a game against the Giants this Sunday. They should win that game. They should win that game. But as as everyone knows, sometimes you don't win the games you're supposed to win, and that's uh, uh, the frustrating part, I guess, about being. A fan probably more frustrating about being a coach, but they should win. They should beat the Giants. The Giants are not a very good team right now, and uh, so the Cowboys should win and set themselves up for uh, a, a big game. I think they're going to play with Washington on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day. Well, that's going to do it for today. As I mentioned, uh, all of these interviews, you can hear the entire interview in the archives, the interview with Bill Katz, the interview with George, and the interview with uh, with Dave Michaels, you can hear all of them uh, over at the archives. Just uh, scroll scroll down, and you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to uh, listen to all of them. And I remind you of my post over at the American Thinker, my post about Frank Borman, who passed away a couple of days ago. He was a legendary member of the Apollo Eight, 
uh, crew that went around the moon many years ago. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a good weekend.